Hi, it's Rob Reed of the PlayerTrack.com podcast. We have looked at the outfielders. We've looked at the first baseman. We've looked at the second baseman. And today, the shortstops. Sorry, I was a little giddy there with some sound effects. That music pumps me up. I hope it pumps you up, too, for a little fantasy baseball, because fantasy baseball is alive and well with mock drafts going on everywhere and the pitchers and catchers and position players reporting, and we're preparing for the first spring training games of the season happening March 2nd, beginning next week. So it's exciting, folks, and it's time to prepare And this podcast is really you getting to see my preparation. I guess I should say you get to hear my preparation. That's what this is about. With me going over the playertrack.com rankings, it's a system that I designed that's one of its kind that compares all players against each other. And no other system does that as far as I know. And if they do, then they're just copying the original. In any event, I've got some news for subscribers who have already subscribed to the playertrack.com system and to people who have not and this might be the thing that will send you over the line one of the major uh, complaints so far that i've gotten from people at the playertrack.com site and i listen to your complaints and suggestions is that the overall rankings are limited solely to five five and a lot of you of course have five five um don't have five five systems your leagues are something else entirely and i want you to know that i've heard you and i'm thinking about a specialized system the system that i think is going to be in place very soon probably within the week is going to allow you to set the overall categories that are considered for hitters and pitchers you will set them within the hitters and pitchers sections of the website and there will be a, a little click link for you to dis, to uh, create an overall custom ranking. That overall custom ranking will be the uh, statistics that will be used in the overall ranking. And you can change that at will for your uh, particular leagues and your particular stats. I'm going to do a video that will show it, that will explain it better, because that may sound confusing to you, but it is light at the end of the tunnel for you people who want the overall rankings to comport to your particular league and the statistics that are involved and i know exactly how i'm going to do it and i know that it will be very simple and should not take a heck of a lot of bandwidth space and all that good stuff i figured it out thank you for uh, your good words your good comments and i hope that that will uh, help you out with your drafts Expect that within the next few days, along with a video that will show you how to do it. Now with that, why don't we head in to the top 10 shortstops of all of fantasy baseball from 2009, minimum 20 games played, and 150 at-bats, standard 5-5. We're going to be looking at the raw statistics Uh, At least to start out, we'll see how this goes. Now, everybody knows who the number one is going to be because he is probably uh, the overall number one player in all of base fantasy baseball. Notwithstanding the fact, look, I love Albert Pujols, but shortstop, as we will see, and this is the second year in a row, but I'm going to start this podcast telling you right out that second base is deeper than shortstop. 
period. Um, I thought that it might be a, a little bit different. I thought that shortstop may be just as deep as second base. And I've changed my mind again because um, I said that there would be a major fall off in second base as I was going through the rankings last week. And just about everybody that I was talking about last week were people that uh, I would consider, you know, and there are some people that I'm going to talk about today that I probably wouldn't consider. It's going to be an interesting year. And I say that because, uh, well, you'll hear as we go along, but I think as soon as we get to uh, number six, it starts to tail off quite substantially. And arguably, there's one player in this top five who I don't think is going to be anywhere close. I could be wrong. Uh, we will address that shortly. So there's your teaser. But number one is Hanley Ramirez. Uh, 576 at-bats last season, a 342 batting average, which was fantastic. I paid 50 bucks in an NL-only uh, league, and I, I think I'm participating in that same league again. Or I came in, I think it was fifth place, and he carried me because I had so many problems. I had Manny Ramirez on my team, lost him for 50 games. I had, I just, I, I mismanaged, I, I paid too much money. I paid 30 bucks for Manny Ramirez. So when that happens in an NL only league, after I paid $50 for Hanley, you know, I'm in deep trouble when $80 of my 260 is, uh, is, is already expended. And 30 of those dollars go to a player that's going to miss a, a third of the season just about. So Hanley it w is an incredibly valuable player to have. And when you were dealing with shortstop, that is a slim position. He's that much more valuable. And that's why I say arguably he's the number one player in all of baseball for fantasy purposes. Now, he's ranked overall number two this year behind, of course, Albert Pujols with the player track rankings. But I really like Hanley. And everybody does. So there's not a lot to say about him, but let's look at the regression that's going to happen because it will, unless he gets lucky again, his batting average on balls in play was 384. Cause the question that may be on your lips is every other year since he's come up in 2006, he has had these jumps and falls in batting average. He started out in 2006 where he hit 292, which is his career low batting average. And that's still wonderful. And for the shortstop slim position, that's great. So don't get me wrong. But you ask yourself, is he a 332 hitter like he was in 2007 or a 342 hitter like he was last year? Or is he more like a 292 or 301 hitter like he was in 2008? Well, I would say he's more likely the 301 hitter. Uh, the, the, the right around the 300 line hitter. He does have a very decent skill set in hitting, which is shown by his batting average on balls in play in his lower two years of 2008 and 2006, where it averaged about 336. So we can reasonably expect the batting average on balls in play of 336, which is, um, is way above, not super far above, but it is above league average. And he has a contact rate that is... Uh, around league average, uh, maybe a little bit above. And so we consider about 80 to 82%. So he strikes out about the same number of times as your average player, which is great. And to hit 300, man's fantastic. But if he hit 332 batting average and balls and players, let's say 336, which is about the average, he would have hit about 290. So this 340 number is uh, is very deceiving. 
I would bid on him as if he's going to hit 300, but it's still really good. And the other thing that's very bothersome about Hanley Ramirez is the fact that he only ran 35 times total last season when he had 35 stolen bases in 2008. He'd run, he'd tried 47 times in 2008. He made 65 attempts in 2007 and he made 66 attempts in 2006. So the fall to 35 attempts really should cause you to pause a little bit and realize that you're not really getting uh, the the juggernaut of stolen bases that you once did. And um, that could change. I would not be surprised to see Hanley get 50 stolen bases again. So keep that in mind. I'm definitely not down on Hanley at all, so don't sweat that. But it, the question will be: Is will he be the number one shortstop in all of baseball next year? And I, you know, I'm not going to say that's the, a, a number one uh, for sure, for certain deal, because I'll tell you what: Derek Jeter coming in at number two had one heck of a season, and not a season that I expected at all. Um, I, I figure, you know, Derek Jeter is a decent uh, shortstop. He always has been in player track as well, but he was regressing big time. Um, He was the 21st overall best player under proration in playertrack.com. Overall 21st in 2006, which is amazing. In 2007, he was the 89th best player. In 2008, he was the 128th best player. So you could just see fall, 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 getting older, getting older. And so, you know, my expectation was... He's probably going to fall down a little bit more, which is still decent. But, you know, what you basically what I felt is what you saw in 2008 is what you're going to get. And then he came out and hit uh, seven more home runs than he did in 2008. He had uh, uh, 19 more stolen bases than he had in 2008. He had 30 stolen bases last year. I was like, whoa, welcome back, Derek. He had 34 in 2006. Only 15 stolen bases in 2007 and only 11 in 2008. So 30 was like, ooh, raise my eyebrow time. But he only was thrown out five times in 2009. So it's not like you can't expect him to try for that again. So that was really cool. And a comment that I made about Derek Jeter in December 29th of 2009, I said his average goes back down, which is certainly an easy expectation because he had 334 last season and he is more I would say of a um 300 ish hitter. I mean it's hard to say cuz he had 322 in 2007, 343 in 2006, but those were points where he had a 368 batting average on balls in play when he hit 322 and a 394 batting average on balls in play when he hit 343. Last season's batting average on balls in play was 369. Um He's an amazing hitter, and he has proven that since 2005. I would put his average batting average in balls in play is maybe about 340. So he he's probably more of a 300 to 310 hitter. But he's here to stay. I mean, I really can't see a major regression and stuff. And like I said, I said, but since shortstop is a slim position, Derek continues to have substantial fantasy value. He had nice bumps in on-base percentage, home runs, and stolen bases, which make him a very attractive option. And this is, again, a situation where he has nowhere to go but down. But I still think after a slight regression, he would make an excellent addition on any roster. And I'm I'm going to go on record to say if he posts better numbers overall than Hanley Ramirez, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it was it would have been a closer call if Hanley Ramirez hit more like his normal self of about 300 and Derek ended up hitting 334. 
So keep that in mind with Derek. I don't see major regression in Derek. Somebody who I don't see major regression in at all comes in at number three and another potential number one shortstop for next year. You know, this is what had jaded my opinion a little bit on shortstop, seeing these very solid players. I mean, these are, the Troy Tulowitzki comes in at number three, and the Hanley Ramirez, Troy Tulowitzki, and, and Derek Jeter – those are not just good shortstops, but they are good fantasy players. And that was has been a rare thing uh, in recent years to have guys that would appear in the top 20 of all players naturally. And Troy Tulowitzki, overall, his player track rank this, this uh, year, number fourth, had an amazing year. And some people might say, well, that sort of came out of nowhere. And I will tell you, no, it, it didn't come out of nowhere. You see, he, he's been slumping for quite some time, uh, or he had, you know, at least in uh, 2008, he slumped quite a bit, suffered from some injury. But I can recall in early 2008, I'm looking at comments on the player profile for, for Troy, and there were people who were really concerned about him right off the bat because in April, he was just terrible. And... This is what I had to say about uh, Troy Tulowitzki in April on April seventeenth of two thousand eight, when I got some complaints from some of the users at PlayerTrack, like what what can I do with this guy because he's just not getting it together in the first couple of weeks, and I noted that in April of two thousand seven, Troy hit two forty four with a single stolen base, two home runs, ten RBIs, twenty one strikeouts. And nine runs in only 82 at-bats. He struck out 21 times. And that was Troy's April in 2007. And I told this person to relax. Now, he may not have been that happy with me come end of the season because through the end of 2008, Troy only hit 263. He had one stolen base and was thrown out six times. And 46 RBIs, eight home runs. He was on pace for maybe you know 15 home runs, maybe... 80 RBIs and maybe around 85 runs scored, a horrific batting average. So what do we attribute this to? Well, in 2007 in 609 at-bats, Troy had a 336 batting average on balls in play when he hit 291. Last season, when Troy came back and hit 297, only six points higher than his 2007, so it's not, it doesn't appear to be like an aberration, his batting average on balls in play was only 323. So if we put his batting average on balls in play as somewhere between 323 and 336, let's put it right smack at about 330, let's say, that his 297 batting average is entirely reasonable. So what happened with the 263? Well, in 2008, in those 377 at-bats, his batting average on balls in play was about 30 to 40 points lower than his skill set that he has shown which means in 2008 he should have hit closer to, to 400. I'm sorry, 300. His 263 average with 40 points added to it is about is 303. And uh, that's a reality. And we can just, I don't remember what his injury was. Somebody can uh, send me an email at rob at playertrack.com and, and I can uh, mention it. Or you can post it on his player profile so people can refer back to it. I appear, it appears to me that he may have had some kind of leg injury, which might attribute it to the stolen base problem. But uh, then again, in 2007, only seven stolen bases thrown out six times. And in 2006, only three stolen bases. So the 20 that he had last season, is it an aberration? I don't think so. 
but is he a great stolen base threat? I also am a little wary about that because he was thrown out over one out of every three times that he tried to run. Still thrown out 11 times out of 31 attempts. But the fact that he had 31 attempts should raise an eyebrow when he only had 13 in a full season in 2007. So they want him to run there in Colorado. We will see him run. I think 30 to 40 stolen base attempts in the next year is not entirely unreasonable. And 15 to 20 stolen bases is not either. And that's what I expect. But the great thing about uh, Troy is his power was back in OPS of 932, which was a career high. And that's amazing. 25 doubles. Nine triples. That's why, you know, you see the triples, and that's like, oh, okay. He's getting triples. He's running. His legs were good last year. And the 20 stone bases, this guy is a an all-around fantasy threat. And you got to love him. And Colorado has some great elements there around the lineup, some young players who I think are potentially very exciting in folks like Carlos Gonzalez and, and Seth Smith and Certainly is the great hitter without power and top because maybe no steroids, but don't tell him I told you that. Um, great batting average with Todd, Todd Helton in a, a standard year where he gets his, his regular skill set amount of luck. So it's a good team surrounding him. And in terms of hitting, they came back last season a large part because of Troy Tulowitzki, and I still am high on Troy, and you should be too. Number four is a player that I had uh, talked about a little bit before, who I am not excited about, and who I've mentioned before sort of in the same context as Ben Zobrist, who I've talked about before. I'm referring to Tampa Bay's Jason Bartlett. Jason Bartlett was one of the top fantasy players the entire year, really. I mean, I won't say the entire year because in starting from um, the end of April, I mean, after the first month, it's starting to see him appear. I think he was the number one player in all of baseball, actually, for a period of time. And it was like, Jason Bartlett, you know, what's going on? Because he started hitting power like crazy. And it was a, a major surprise. As far as I was concerned... He was a stolen base guy, stolen base player, but not much beyond that because there was substantial risk that he was hitting the 260s, maybe 270s. You know, he hit 265 in 2007 and 510 at-bats when he was the 26th overall ranked shortstop. He was the 252nd overall player in all of player track in 2007. In 2008, in 454 at-bats, Jason Bartlett was the 282nd overall player, the 32nd overall shortstop with his one home run in 454 at-bats. 14 home runs in 500 at-bats. I was like, what? Where did that come from? Now, it could be as a hitter, and he hit 320 last year, that Jason could be a pretty decent skill set hitter. I'm looking at his batting average on balls in play since 2006. In 2006, in 333 at bats, Jason's batting average on balls in play was 354. In 2008, in 454 at bats, it was 336. Last season, 368. The career high batting average on balls in play, I definitely attribute to luck. And uh, in 2007, in 510 at bats, was 305. I'm sorry, 301 was his batting average in balls in play when he hit 265. So I would reasonably expect from Jason Bartlett 
a 280-ish, mid-280s average, much like his 2008. And I would reasonably expect... I, I'm, I just cannot believe in these 14 home runs. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I bet his was a symptom of like, you know, a lot of his fly fly balls, which probably came in few and far between, were uh, went over, you know, and, and that percentage is, is bound to reduce and he simply got lucky or the wind was blowing right. I, I can't, I don't know. It's very, very strange. But in this with this kind of player, I think that he will press and I could see a reduction in half of the home runs. I could see him hitting seven home runs, and that wouldn't surprise me at all. But a reasonable line then would be, you know, 500 some odd at bats, seven home runs, uh, maybe, you know, 70, 75 RBIs, 100 runs scored, hitting 285 with uh, 25 to 30 stolen bases. That maybe more, maybe closer to 35, maybe 40 stolen bases. Remember, he only had 500 at bats last season. Um, uh, he's an interesting option, but is he a top four option? I think he's got regression all over him. He was the third overall shortstop in player track under proration last season, coming from 32nd the previous year and 26th the year before that, 20th the year before that, and 30th the year before that. Um, not a guy I'm hanging my hat on in a keeper league. I would not keep Jason Bartlett unless you paid a buck and you don't want to think about shortstop. But I really think that he, he could hurt you here. Um, and that's just my feeling. Somebody who I think I would rather have, uh, for sure over Jason Bartlett is a guy who hit only 250 last year, but had amazing bad luck at the plate. And I'm talking about Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins is somebody else that could made me think, wow, well, there's a lot of reason for optimism here for the shortstop position that we didn't have before, but you'll see it falls off pretty quickly. I uh, made a post about Jimmy Rollins and the player track profile on February 11th, 2010. And I said the title of the post was Reason for Optimism. And I said this guy hovers about or just below league average and batting average on balls in play for his career. So that's like three, about 300. So the 253 batting average on balls in play last season means that his 250 average was unnaturally low. 270 should be easy for Rollins in 2010, and I suspect he'll come closer to the 290s. And this means more times on base, more hits, more runs, more potential stolen bases. And 2009 owners of Rollins may have a bad taste in their mouth because of that batting average. And that's good news for you. That's one less competitor to battle in order to own one of the more valuable players in the fantasy game. And I, and I will stick to that. He was the second best shortstop in all of fantasy in 2007. I believe he will be the top five shortstops this year. The reason for a lot of disappointment is I know some people that drafted him in the first round of serpentine drafts in the latter part. You know, people falling in love with Jose Reyes, who we will not mention. Uh, I, I will probably talk about him a little bit um, if if I can remember to, but he will not appear in the top 10 for obvious reasons. He was hurt very early. Um, and we're not talking about proration right now, but even in that, I don't think he appears in the, the top 10. Um, but Jimmy Rollins, to go in the first round and you get a 250 average, you're definitely bothered. They, especially when his stolen bases went down 16. He had 47 stolen bases in 2008, only 31 
in 2009. But again, when you take a 250 average, it should have been closer to 290. That's a lot of stolen base opportunities that he lost. So keep that in mind, especially when he plays on such a good team. You know, Philadelphia coming to the World Series two years in a row. That's a pretty darn good team. And he scored 100 runs, even though he didn't get on base. Uh, he got on base under 30% of the time. His on-base percentage was only 296, and yet he still scored 100 runs. This guy has value all over him in standard 5-5 with that figure for sure. And the thing that makes him even that much more exciting was folks that drafted Jimmy Rollins and were incredibly disappointed with him in 2008 was because he hit 30 home runs in 2007, but only 11 in 2008. He came back and hit 21 last season to show, hey, you know, don't forget about me as a power threat at the shortstop position. 20 home runs, I'd say 15 to 20, is very doable. Hitting 290 with 40 to 45 stolen bases and 85 to 90 RBIs, 110 to 120 were unscored. We're dealing with a very, very solid fantasy player, folks. So don't forget about Jimmy Rollins. Drop-off occurs, you know, starting at number six. A guy who was just traded to a team that you know I'm not super excited about. And I'm talking about the Baltimore Orioles and Miguel Tejada. Miguel Tejada comes away from the National League was playing at Houston, now going to Baltimore. Baltimore has some interesting elements in that lineup too. Um but I you know, I'm not a huge fan of that ballpark. And Miguel Tejada is old. And we found that he's a lot older than people thought with birth uh, certificate changes and whatever else they do in the Dominican or that they did in the Dominican way back when with some of these guys' ages. Miguel Tejada, you'll remember, one of the MVPs. I, believe, I think it was 2004 where he won the AL MVP. Um, and that's when he hit 34 home runs with 150 RBIs. You know, he, he's a guy, you know, I take an attitude with steroids where I say, look, Jeremy Giambi didn't hit that many home runs and Jason Giambi hit a ton. So can we attribute steroids, both of them confessed steroid users to power? Well, Miguel Tejada, I say no, but Miguel Tejada helps to uh, argue against my case and quite substantially, you know, after the steroid era, you know, was over, he just went into the tank in terms of his power. So there's no power there, but he's a, but the bottom line with Miguel is he is a great hitter. He's a great contact hitter for sure. And last season he had greater contact than usual. He had a nice drop in his strikeouts and almost the same number of at bats from 2009 to 2008. He had a drop in his strikeouts. I'm doing it on the fly of 24. He only struck out 48 times last season and 635 at bats. So that's nice. He's really worked on that portion of his game, translating to a 313 average. His batting average on balls in play, 2007 and 2008, though, was a round league average. And last season was about 20 points above that. So reasonably, we can knock off 20 points from his average, which still would have been in the low 290s. So the fact that he had 296 in 2007 and 283 in 2008... 290 is a very reasonable expectation for him. But across the board, the other statistics just, you know, not so good. He had five stolen bases last season. That's okay. Um, those are cheap stolen bases. If he, if he was a type of 
player that could hit 34 home runs like he did in 2004. But he only had 14 last year. He had 13 in 2008, 18 in uh, 514 at bats in 2007. So across the board, you know, not an incredibly exciting player. You look at his player profile; his pro-rated stats are much lower. And I would rather have a Jose Reyes clearly than than a Miguel Tejada coming in at number six. So, um, is he a decent option? Well, he's going to start. So as long as he's starting, sure. But definitely expect regression from him. Yunel Escobar of the Atlanta Braves comes in at number seven. Yunel is an interesting player because he had somewhat of a breakout, I suppose. We'd say he almost hit 300. He had a jump in his home run slight from 10 that he had in 2008 to 14. And an on-base percentage, it's pretty nice. The thing He takes a walk, so that's a plus. His contact rate is higher than league average. He uh, It was 87% in 2008, 88% last season. So that's pretty consistent. He doesn't run all that much, and he probably shouldn't because he was thrown out almost 50% of the time. He thrown out four times out of nine attempts. The previous season he was thrown out five times out of seven attempts. So not a guy that should run. Uh, did have two uh, triples both of the last two seasons, but that's an indicator that he, he there's really not a lot of wheel there happening. And... The RBI numbers are not incredibly good. The runs scored are not incredibly good. The Braves aren't the same type of team that they were before. And um, so not a lot to get excited about with Unel. But again, at the slim position of shortstop, he becomes a decent option. Uh, Not an option that I want if I can prevent it. Much like Marco Scudero comes in at number eight who is now with the Boston Red Sox, but with for the Blue Jays, I drafted Marco on my Rasball team. <laughs> Rasball team is where you try and pick out the worst players at a position. And I thought, well, the great thing about Marco Scudero coming into the 2009 uh, season was the fact he had multi-position eligibility, so I could get multi-position bad at second base, third base, and short. He only played, he only qualifies at short going into this next season. And, the, you know, I, I wanted somebody that didn't hit a lot of home runs. He only hit seven and 517 at bats in 2008. And he only hit 267 with a batting average on Boston play of 294, which was appeared to be about his, um, about right. He had a 313 batting average on Boston play in 2006, 278 in 2007. So even his two his three oh eight batting average on balls in play last season was just slightly over, you know, what you could expect. He doesn't strike out all that much, which is something that I probably should have noticed. His contact rate is higher than most folks. But I figured that his seven stolen bases in two thousand eight was kind of an aberration considering only two in two thousand seven. And then he doubled that output last year. So a hundred runs scored. His 60 RBIs, though, mirrored what he did in 2008. So that was expectation. And he, had, he had five more home runs than he did the year before. So we look at uh, Marco, and the plus side of Marco is he started to walk a little bit more. His on-base percentage was almost 100 points higher than his 282 batting average, and all of that bodes well. You know, that kind of thing means the potential for more runs like he got. He, he had a 24-run increase from 2008 to 2009. So that's a plus. And the fact, of course, that he goes to Boston 
is a plus two. Boston is a darn good team, and they've done a lot of stuff in the offseason that to me reminds me of what the Yankees did in the offseason uh, before 2009 that resulted in a World Series win. Boston is a team to be excited about, you Boston fans. And Marco might really thrive in that environment. So that's something to think about. But what does thrive mean? Well, even in 2009 with the statistics, overall, he was the 125th overall player in all of baseball. He was the 11th overall shortstop under proration. So there there are a, a lot better options out there. And again, you know, this is talking about the tail off of shortstop. Marco is not somebody that people are going to be incredibly excited about. Another player who you know, I would get for the stolen base uh, factor, uh, or I would have, that's, that was my recommendation from previous seasons, is Orlando Cabrera, who's been traded to the Cincinnati Reds now and will be starting for the Reds. I did a player profile on him on February 3rd, and it's titled, He's 35 Years Old Now. He's moving to a hitter's ballpark at Cincy with a one-year contract, and so that's the good news. But the bad news is that his age may be showing in the steals department, which is where he has had the the most value the last couple of years. He won't kill your average, but I believe this is a case of what you see is what you get. And the only upside I can potentially see is maybe an uptick in the power numbers, primarily because of, of going to Cincy. But the reality is what you see the last two years is what you can expect. And that won't help you much at the slim position that is that I said was getting slimmer, or sorry, that I said was getting less slimmer, which is true because, you know, there's some really stellar players in, in this uh, category. You know, there's at least four or five stellar shortstops that if you're in a 10-team league, you can expect, you know, a 50% chance to get an amazing fantasy player who happens to be a shortstop rather than getting an amazing shortstop. Um, you know, that's the difference between this year and the previous season. Um, so there, you either get a 50% chance to get a great fantasy player or just to get a decent shortstop here in Orlando Cabrera, and I'd rather get one of those amazing fantasy players, certainly. Um, Orlando does not strike out a lot, and he's consistent. He has a batting average on balls and play the last two seasons exactly around league average. And so 280 average is a done deal in his sleep. The drop in stolen bases from 19 to 13, though, and about the same number of at-bats, again, being 35 years old, just does not have the same wheels. The Reds may want to test him, so that will be interesting to watch because it was only a few years ago in 2006 where he had 27 stolen bases. You know, But there's a big difference, believe me, at 40 years old now. There's a big difference between being 31, 32, and being 35, so... We shall see with Orlando Cabrera. Just take note, the potential of the upside with a little uptick in power, but, I mean, big deal. He only had nine home runs last season, so he'll hit 12. We're looking at two players in Orlando Cabrera and Marco Scudero, who may be pretty much identical. So you can mix and match those dudes. Another guy, last coming in at uh, number 10, and I, I mentioned him in last uh, time in the second base podcast, is Asdrubal Cabrera. Azdrubal taught me a valuable lesson in analyzing players, particularly with batting average on balls in play in the 2008 season, because he was horrifically bad that first half of 2008. I mean, really bad, hitting below 200, below Mendoza line. But I noticed his batting average on balls in play was just ridiculously low. 
I think it was in the 250s or something like that. It might have even been less than that. I, I can't remember for sure. So you could obviously see a progression there after the first half of the season. So I gave up Jose Reyes in order to get Chase Utley. And to fill the shortstop spot, I got a throw-in of Astrobal Cabrera, which I thought, well, his statistics are more likely to increase. He's not going to kill me. He's not going to get me any power and stuff. But I just I need somebody who's just going to fill the whole batting average for me. Um, and let's, let's see what happens with that. I, I mean, I was mainly concerned about getting power with Chase Utley in, in the deal. And I also ended up getting Roy Halladay. It was like Roy Halladay. And I picked up Chase Utley and got Asdrubal's a throw in. And he ended up hitting over 300 the rest of the way. Went from a 190 batting average ending the 2008 season with a 259 batting average and a 316 batting average on balls in play. In 2007, Asdrubal had a 355 batting average on balls in play and 478 at bats. So last season's 362 doesn't look like this incredibly uh, surprising feat for him when he hit 308. The thing is, when we have a small sampling, and this is a small sampling, um, I think we have about, let's see, I'm going on the fly, 850, uh, close to maybe about 1,350 at total uh, career at-bats right now with a batting average on balls in play. That's going to be in the uh, the low 350s, I think, maybe uh, mid-340s, low 340s on the fly looking at that. And that's pretty good. He may be that kind of player that if that's the deal, a 280 to 290 batting average should be easy for Astorball. And the icing on the cake with him is the fact that he stole 17 out of 21, 17 stolen bases. There is very nice uh, power wise. Nothing really to speak of there. He's really the, the two category kind of player, but this is a kind of, which would be in batting average, potentially in stolen bases. And you know, that's what you look at here with shortstop and catcher. As far as I'm concerned, it's the goal is just don't kill me. And Asdrubal is potentially the type of player that isn't going to kill you. Um, and, and you know, that's, so that's the best that I can say about Asdrubal. He, he ain't going to kill you. Okay. And uh, I think we're going to leave that at that. You know, you can always take a look, subscribe to playertrack.com. The draft kit is only $9.99. A full season pass is $19.99. There is a coupon code for the season pass that you can get in the Fantasy Baseball Index magazine. Take a look at that. I want you to keep track of the playertrack.com website, particularly on the blog on the front page. Uh, if you're curious about what's going to happen with that overall ranking system where you can customize the overall rankings, I'm really excited about that, and I'm going to formulate it all in the coming week. If you have suggestions or fantasy questions or you just want to say, you know, Rob, thanks for the podcast or something like that, you can email me at rob at playertrack.com. My Twitter is Robert Reed, and I'm trying to be a little better on that this year. And uh, trying to be more available. You can listen at blogtalkradio.com slash player track every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern. That happens to be 4 p.m. Central, where I replay the previous podcast. This past week, uh, had a busy week with work, so was unable to get the podcast out on Wednesday, nor to do a show on that Wednesday. But I will be doing the second base show coming up this Wednesday at Blog Talk Radio. 
And this podcast is going to uh, be replayed in the following week after. Thank you again for listening. Um, I'm th- throw out a couple of other players, certainly for you to look at. Johnny Peralta is somebody who I've been high on for a while. Stephen Drew has some power possibilities. Elvis Andrus, stolen bases. You know, one of those guys you look at for that. He only hit 267 last season with a, a league average batting average and balls in place. So I'm not holding my breath there. Uh, Raphael for call, I still like, even though he's not uh, with uh, L.A. anymore. And uh, Maceris Turris, I mentioned in a previous podcast. Alexi Ramirez, I think, is still somebody that you should pay attention to. 277 average, reflective with a 293 batting average and balls in play. Some potential nice things happening with him. And, of course, Jose Reyes. You know, we've talked about him. But one of the things you look at, I guess, with these this particular position, if you don't want to get killed, is, is if you can get some solid stolen bases, you know, that's where you want to look. Uh, sometimes there's a, a player that's kind of strange, like a Khalil Green who suffered from injury last season. But don't forget, two years ago, he had 27 home runs. Khalil Green is a power potential uh, that uh, could could surprise there that people may forget about. And a lot of people down on J.J. Hardy. And uh, he was reflective of a bad batting on balls in play last season, too. And uh, you don't forget about him. Check out the playertrack.com rankings. There are a lot of people that you can compare, look at uh, under proration and all that good stuff. And now uh, what will happen to the Blog Talk Radio show is we've got about uh, 19 minutes to take calls, talk about my mistakes. I might uh, talk a little bit about uh, the overall ranking shortstops over the last four or five years, which you can look at. And uh, that will do it. That will do it for this show. Thank you for listening. I'm Rob Reed at PlayerTrack.com, and really appreciate the support that we're getting. You can subscribe over at iTunes, and if you like the podcast, please give it a comment and a rating over there. God bless. Take care. <laughs>